how do you define success? Has it already been defined for you? So is it the corner office, a career on the top rung of the ladder? You know, stress becomes a big factor in our lives when we let others define success for us. So today I'm inviting you to define success for yourself so that you can stop doing what depletes you and focus on what lights you up. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. Boy, oh boy, life can be challenging and we get so many messages about what should be important to us. And, you know, that really ends up in us having some, you know, sometimes unhelpful beliefs about what it means to be successful, right? So as humans, it's natural and normal for us to compare ourselves to one another. There's actually something that's quite functional about that, right? We look side to side to see how we're doing. Um, and there are times that this can be really helpful. You know, I think about trying to do move in a fitness class. I am watching the person next to me. I'm watching the person in front of me because I want to know if I'm doing it right. It's new to me, right? So I don't know all the moves. But of course, we know that there are ways that this looking side to side can also leave us feeling less than, feeling as though we can't be successful. We don't know what we're doing. And, you know, feeling as though we know what success looks like and it sure doesn't look like us. And boy, oh boy, that can be so painful. And so, you know, I think that so many of us feel pressure to have it all figured out. We feel pressure to do it all. And of course, the net result of that is that we end up feeling pretty stressed. Now, I don't believe that stress needs to be a problem, but when we accept someone else's um, beliefs or expectations of what, um, what success looks like, that can be a recipe for big time chronic unmanaged stress. And so you know, sometimes you might feel like you're doing life wrong. And so one of the one of the resources that I have for you today is a resource designed to help you change your story, right? We want to understand stress a little bit more so that you can see how stress can actually propel you to purpose rather than being something that undermines you. And so I've got a really great resource about this that helps you to debunk some of the myths that maybe you've been um, buying around stress. And so if you tune in um, and wait till the end, I will um, share how you can get your hands on that. And I hope it can be really helpful for you. And, you know, one of the big ways that we get thrown into this chronic stress is by accepting another's definition of success for ourselves. And so I've got a few things that I want to share with you today. And the goal really is to help you, you know, challenge your thinking on, um, on these fronts. And so every week with the podcast, my goal is to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead. Um, I try to do that by helping you, um, lead with clarity. So having clarity about what's important 
important to you and curiosity, which is self-awareness and self-care and self-leadership, and then building and leading a community, uh, right? Because we're not just meant um, to have growth for ourselves, right? That's really important, but we should be using it for good to contribute to the growth of others. And so today with our um, defining success for yourself discussion, right? We're really trying to help you develop some clarity, but clarity often comes as a function of curiosity, right? To understand what matters to you, what's really important to you. Because if you don't know what's important to you, it's very easy to just latch on to the ideas and the expectations of others. But then you get, you know, you get down the road and you wonder why you feel miserable. And it's because you're not pursuing a path that's personally meaningful to you. And so we really want to help you with that today. So my first point is that there are many ways to be successful. And hopefully you got this message growing up. But I got to tell you, right, there are plenty of individuals that didn't get um, that message, right? There there was one path, one route, and it looked like this. Uh, So if you look at the details of the most successful folks among us, there's a ton of variety, right? You don't have to have gone to an Ivy League school. In fact, some of the most successful people are dropouts from Ivy League schools or dropouts from university um, as a whole, you, you really don't have to have gone to any school at all. There are so many unique histories and life experiences that really contribute to the fabric of success. And so it's important to know that it's not true that there are only certain kinds of individuals who can be successful, right? Like that's such a lie and it's so unhelpful to us. And yet, you know, if we're not careful, we do... Um, we kind of grow up with some rigid expectations around that. And they're, you know, they're expectations that we place on ourselves and it becomes uh, stressful and pressure filled to make decisions. And so the second point and the question that I really want you to look at is what counts as success to you? Have you ever taken the time to actually ask that question? Uh, You know, I have been asking this question because, you know, I see for myself, there are lots of things I'm excited about. There's lots of things I'd like to do. um, And I am in a position, which I'm very grateful for, um, to have some options, right? To really consider um, how I will use my time. And of course, that's something that we all have, but we get to choose how to use our time, right? And we can we can make choices that really um, foster and cultivate our well-being, or we can make choices that actually undermine our health and our well-being. And when we haven't taken the time to really define success for ourselves, it's more likely that we'll get stuck on a path um, that is not of our own choosing because we haven't really defined what success looks like. And so, of course, instead of looking at others' expectations of success, it's so critically important to consider what counts as success to you personally. I'm talking about separate from your spouse or your partner. I'm talking about separate from your parents, separate from your hometown, your community. What 
really and truly counts as success to you personally. This can be such a challenging task because most of us are very highly attuned to others' expectations for us. And if you have been quote unquote successful in, you know, in our highly individualistic society, you're probably really good at paying attention to the expectations of others. So this often comes from a good place, right? We don't want to let others down. We want to do what's right. And I have right in quotes as as well, right? Because what does right mean to you? It might be different from someone else. And I'm not talking about moral relativism. That is not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about uh, forging a path um, that is sustainable for you and that um, doesn't leave you hating your life or feeling like you can't you can't do it because you're on this uh, path that is not um, right for you. So, you know, we want to do what's right, but we might not ever stop to examine if it's actually right for us, if it's a good fit for us. Um, And so, you know, we also really want to get into the details of that and recognize that success is highly individualized. So if your mark of success is, you know, doing what all the blue checks are doing, then you might do well to re-examine your expectations of success, right? I mean, you could watch them and you could do what they're doing, um, but I don't know that that will land you in a place of greater well-being. So we've got to remember that there are many ways to be successful. And so what others define as success may actually make you quite miserable and vice versa, right? Like I recognize that some of the things that really light me up would make someone else really miserable. Um, And so success is personal. And while there certainly are some broad principles and values that can be really helpful in guiding your choices, you got to think about that. They're values. Values are big, big picture, right? They're not rigid. Um, And so we want to be very careful of setting up rigid and narrow expectations for yourself aimed at success, but which actually, you know, end up making you feel like a failure, right? So there's, there's some total irony to that, but it happens all the time. We set a narrow, um, expectation for ourselves. Um, and then, right. When we don't meet it or we're not happy, or, you know, we feel like we're barely hanging on in life, we feel like a failure. And so for many of us, what we do in those moments is we just work harder. We push harder. We assume that we're the problem rather than taking a step back and looking at, hey, maybe this path is a problem. Maybe these expectations are a problem. Maybe this path can be good with a different set of expectations. And so we really want to define what it looks like to you. So maybe a part of success is includes you being in charge of your schedule. That's true for many people. We need a sense of autonomy. Um, maybe your part of your definition of success includes recognizing how you are contributing to a greater good. That's also a really important mark of success for many people. Um, maybe part of your definition is the ability to make enough money so you can have a nice vacation for your family every year, right? That's a, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's doing work you love without the added pressure of leading others in a hierarchical role, right? So an identified role, maybe that's not a good fit for you, right? People might say this is the next step for you, um, but maybe you don't want that. 
maybe that's not actually a good fit for you. Maybe part of your definition is having a three-day weekend every single week of your life. Doesn't that sound nice? I think that sounds really lovely. And so your definition of success should be personal. It should be individualized. It should be very specific. So think about all the things I mentioned there. I talked about um, your daily schedule. I talked about vacation. I talked about finances. I talked about purpose. I talked about autonomy. I talked about um, doing work that lights you up instead of just you know, taking the next step that may be expected. And so, you know, your personal definition should really be informed by your most deeply held values. It should work for your life. Um, It should complement the other choices you have made or are making in your life. And so your, your idealized version of success, right? Or your personal path of success should actually be quite practical and realistic for your life. So, you know, I had been on this course with uh, graduate school, right? Like once you get done with graduate school, you take a a clinical position, you move into clinical leadership, uh, maybe you do some research um, and that's that's your path. That's what it's going to look like. And I really bought that. And I I thought that's what I really wanted to do. And I think for sure that is part of what I wanted to do. But then I actually started doing it, right? And, you know, the, the expectation of this is, this is what success looks like actually did not work well for my life, right? I had three small kiddos at home. I had a partner who was living across the country, uh, finishing residency, and I was trying to hold down the fort um, and, you know, also do well at work. And I was miserable. It was so painful. And I found great meaning in my work, but I felt so absolutely depleted at the end of the day that it was easy to see myself as the problem, right? Like if I were stronger, um, or if I didn't complain as much, right, then I would be able to hack this because there are other people that are hacking it every day. And, you know, I I didn't stay stuck in that very long because, first of all, it was a, it's a miserable place to be in terms of your beliefs about yourself. Um, but what I recognized is, you know, maybe I don't have to make any judgment about myself or the situation. And I can actually just get curious about, you know, what, what would work, you know? And I recognize that there can certainly be privilege in just even being able to ask that question. Um, And so, you know, I want to give a lot of respect to situations that you don't have that ability. Um, But you, we always have the ability to ask the question, right? We might not be able to act on it, but sometimes you can say, you know what, this, this job, this work would be more sustainable if I had a little more balance, if I weren't working, you know, 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week. And so, right, that might not be a practical change that you can make immediately, but can you start getting curious about, you know, your ideas about what would be helpful, um, that you can start moving in a direction that, that really equals success. So, so maybe it's, you know what, we got to tighten our finances. So we're less dependent, um, on these big paychecks so that we can have a little more time, um, for balance, right? So, I recognize that these require some painful choices at times, and it's not always something that you can do in that moment, but to start cultivating this question of, um, 
what what would help me to be successful here? What would help me um, to really feel like I I can do my life well, right? Like that's a big question for us. Um, and so next, I just want to make the point that you know success and you know success in our values, right? So I talk about the idea that your definition of success should be informed by your most important values. And I also want to acknowledge that when we're on that path of personalized success, it can result in value conflict. And that happens for us, right? We can we can be doing exactly what we need to be doing and our most deeply held values can be in conflict, okay? So ask yourself about a big dream that you have had that has maybe remained a dream, right? Like it's never gotten out of the cloud in your head. And so in other words, right, you haven't translated the dream into a real life goal with actions and signs of progress, okay? So that can be painful to look at. I certainly have um, dreams in my life where it's like, yeah, that dream has been on a shelf for a really long time. And it's so easy to just get down on myself. But when I can really look at it and I'm willing to look at it, I recognize that I, I've made other choices to support other dreams and goals. And that's helpful to recognize. So when you, if you have something in mind, right, a big dream that's remained a dream, you know, why have you not translated this into a real life goal with actions? You know, what's, what holds you back? So there can be many things, right? That maybe there's fear. Um, fear is a big one that holds many of us back. Um, that, right, we don't want to be ruled by fear, but we want to be informed by fear. Maybe um, it's that your dream doesn't work for your life and your relationships. This one can be really painful. So, you know, I have folks that I deeply care about that they have, you know, they've maybe kind of cultivated this, this dream of, of a specific career, specific opportunities that they would just love to do. But when they get right down to it, they recognize that that dream doesn't really work very well for their life or for their relationship. So we have big dreams, but when we look at the practicality of the dream, it conflicts with too many of our other Value. So an example would be a job at the top of the ladder, right? The corporate ladder that allows you to lead and, flu- and influence others, but it takes you away from home over 250 days a year. Now, for some folks, that might be okay. For others, that would put them in serious conflict with some of their other values. And so, you know, that example, that might be a goal that you could absolutely achieve, right? It's not, it's not because you lack goal setting or tenacity, but you've chosen not to do it because it would require sacrifices you're not willing to make. And I think for most of us with meaningful relationships, we understand that truth that there are sacrifices. And, you know, I always think there are times and seasons in our lives and we need to respect that um, because when we push hard to make something work that just practically will not work for our time and season, um, that becomes a recipe for chronic 
unmanaged stress. And it also is a recipe for feeling like we're failing at life, which is of course the last way we want you to feel. And I'm just going to remind you again to hang on to the end because I have a really great uh, resource about debunking stress myths that can help you to overcome um, this feeling of, oh my goodness, I'm failing at life. I'm probably, I don't think I'm the only one that has felt that way. So the thing we want to appreciate here is that value conflict is a real thing and we have to navigate it all the time. And you know what? Good for you if you recognize value conflict in your life because it means you have values that ground you um, and that's important, right? It's better to have values that are sometimes in conflict than not having any values at all. And so we really want to navigate this value conflict and be intentional about what dreams or goals you choose to pursue and those that you choose not to pursue. So, you know, so that you can put maybe that dream on the shelf without shame, without guilt, without criticism, without beating yourself up to say, you know what, it's not this, it's not the right time or season, or, you know what, I've, I've chosen another path because it supports some of my other values. And, you know, this intentionality really puts you in the driver's seat of your life rather than leaving you pining for accomplishments that you haven't done um, the emotional work to put on a shelf, right? The, one of the worst scenarios is when we have this dream that we are holding on to, but we haven't done the emotional work to ma- to make a decision, Right. And so, you know, we, we feel torn and we feel resentful and maybe angry. And that's really a problem. And so you need to be intentional. You need to be aware to say, you know what? I'm not going for this big job because it would kind of undermine uh, my functioning or my health, or it would not be good for my family. And, you know, that is, I don't think that's an antiquated belief. I think each of us are making those decisions every day in our lives, men and women. Uh, so as you consider what might count as success to you, first, we want you to look inside. So identify your top two values, right? So that they can serve as guardrails to you. Where do you feel a sense of purpose? Uh, what do you require to retain a sense of balance while pushing yourself toward growth? So, you know, I recognize like I have lots of ideas. I have lots of energy. People um, often tease that it's hard for them to keep up with me um, because I'm just, I've got so much fire and this sense of purpose. But what I've learned, and I've learned this the hard way at times, is that I've I've got to set up some structure in my life to build in balance because if I'm not careful, that sense of purpose and that intensity of purpose at times, people would say that is accurate, the intensity of purpose at times that I have can really throw me out of balance. And that's absolutely helped. That's absolutely happened for me. And so one of the things that I um, really prioritize is you know, when am I out of the office? Um, when do I have downtime? Uh, and actually building that into my calendar, structuring it, scheduling downtime, um, and making sure that I stick to that boundary. Because otherwise, it's really easy for me to just push, push, push. And then, right, my life doesn't feel like it's a success. I feel like I'm barely holding on. I feel like I want to burn it all down. Um, and I feel like a failure. Uh, and we don't want that. You know, that's that's not a great way to live. 
And so the first thing we want you to do is to look inside. And then the second thing to do is to look at those you admire. So they likely have traits, characteristics, skills, and values that can provide you with perspective. So this doesn't mean that you're taking their template for success as your own, right? Don't try to replicate others. Your path will always be unique to you. But do look to specific practices, mindsets, and values that may be useful for you, right? We have a lot to learn from others. Um, And so we don't want to take it as a blind template for ourselves. But what do you see in the lives of others that you respect, that you could learn from? Okay. So now the next thing I want to talk about, and this is a big one for so many of us, is the problem of overwhelm. How many feel overwhelmed, right? So I imagine, you know, if we were all in a room together, um, I probably wouldn't be the only one raising my hand at times. So maybe you see others around you achieving big goals and you wonder, why not me? I work hard. I'm smart. Why am I not getting ahead? Why do I feel stuck? Right? Have you ever had any of those thoughts, those questions, those feelings? So this experience can be so incredibly frustrating. And more than that, it can feel really demoralizing. Right? People get to the point where they're like, what's the point? Why try? I can't get ahead. It's no use. So, you know, I've certainly felt this way on my own path. And it's because I was looking side to side instead of paying attention and getting curious about what I need on my path. So again, in these moments, it's so easy to see yourself as the problem. See, this is evidence that I can't hack it. Um, It confirms that I don't have what it takes to be successful or the belief that others have something figured out that I don't. Um, And so while these judgments feel really miserable, right? Like just listening to those sound pretty uh, miserable. They do give us the one thing we're searching for in these moments. They give us certainty, right? There is an answer. There is an identified problem. The bad news is you are the identified problem. So this of course feels totally lousy, but the sense of certainty, which is totally false by the way, but in that moment, it gives us a sense of certainty actually gives us permission to stop. It gives us permission to stop trying. It gives us permission to play it safe. It gives us permission to stay away from big goals. It gives us permission to not examine why am I not going after the big goal? And I want to be really clear. I am not saying you always should be going after the big goal. In fact, I think there are some times where you absolutely need to shelve it, but you need to know why. You need to have intentionality about that. Um, And that certainty also gives us permission to settle into comfort instead of embracing growth. And, you know, sometimes that's exactly the the solution we think we need, except that it's not true. It's not true that you can't be successful. It's not true that you can't do hard things. It's not true that you don't have what it takes to pursue and accomplish big goals. The only thing that may be true in any of that is that you're overwhelmed you're just overwhelmed. Maybe you're doing too much, right? And if you let your storytelling get the best of you, right? So all of those thoughts that I just shared, that's our storytelling, um, getting the best of us. You will convince yourself that you can't be successful. And that would be really sad because we need your gifts. We need what only you can offer. And so now I want to share um, my last point, which is the take-home message. And that is, 
You've got to tackle overwhelm and keep your definition of success front and center, right? Because overwhelm will take you down. It will absolutely take you down. So if you have dreams that you really care about, you need to decide to tackle fear, doubt, and dread head on. And I know that is not comfortable. Um, But what do you understand about your overwhelm, right? Like if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel like, gosh, I cannot hack it. What is going on? Um, Let's get curious about the overwhelm, which most of us don't do, right? Like we don't want to get curious about that. We want to run away from that. But if we can lean into that overwhelm, if we can go into the cave, like Brene Brown talks about, we will understand a lot more about ourselves, our fears, and our needs. And we'll understand a lot more about um, what brings meaning to us. So are you overwhelmed because of the stories you're telling yourself? Are you overwhelmed because you say yes too often, right? So maybe your personal definition of success is doable, but you're not holding good boundaries. You're saying yes too often when you should be saying no. Um, Why do we say yes too often, right? Because sometimes we want to do it all. That has been a big issue for me. Like I get excited about about it all. And so I want to do it all. I think that I can do it all, even though I know I can't. And then I say yes too often. And then I wonder, why I'm frustrated or tired or uh, burned out. So why else do we say yes too often? Uh, because you underestimate how much some how much time something will take. Whew, this is a big one. Um, why else do you say yes too often? Maybe because you don't want to disappoint others. That's a big one too. Um, why else do you say yes too often? Maybe because you're not sure what you want to do. And so you scramble around doing too much, right? This idea of like, well, I'll try it and we'll see. Um, but you only actually, that this only results in uh, more chaotic thinking and less sense of focus. So I want to leave you today with three tips to help you tackle overwhelm because overwhelm is real. It is a big thing and it really can get in the way of us having clarity about our personal definition for success. So tip one, I want you to talk back to your stories. So you've got to be willing to abandon your stories of not good enough um, or I'm a failure. I just can't be successful. It's just not accurate. And we want to talk back to your stories with accuracy. So when you hear that story, I want you to say that's not accurate. I'm just feeling overwhelmed, right? I've said yes too often this week. Um, And so talk back to your story so you can get back to reality and an accurate perception of yourself and what's happening here because our storytelling always lacks perspective. Okay, tip two, I want you to focus on daily practices, not global judgments. Okay, so you've got to be willing to look into the details, the very specific daily details of people you admire and the things that have helped you um, to better understand you know, other secrets or patterns in your own life um, instead of concluding that you can't be successful. The truth is you can be successful um, and understanding that there are practices that are common 
that to the successful. And these practices can help. It doesn't mean it's a template that you just take as your own, but there are there are common practices of the successful. And so next week's podcast, I'm going to be talking about those specific practices that are common to the successful. But in the meantime, I want you to look into the details of your own life and look at, you know, what helps me to stay on track? What helps me to stay well rested? What helps me to stay excited about my work? Um, you can learn a lot of lessons just by looking at the details of your life. And then the second thing that you could do as part of this tip too is look to the daily practices of those you admire. What do they do um, that that could be helpful for you to at least consider. Okay. And then hold on for next week because I'm going to have a whole podcast on specific practices um, that are common to the, to the successful that could help you as well. And then tip three. So the third tip is to engage stress coping skills, right? When you are overwhelmed, you know, that means stress is winning out. This overload of stress is winning out. And so you need to have some skills to help you move through that stress cycle. Cycle, so your only option doesn't become to abandon ship, right? And that's what I've noticed in my own life. It's the times when I'm most overwhelmed. It's the times when I'm not using effective coping skills that I want to burn it all down, um, that I feel like giving up. And I now am at a point where I recognize, hey, this is just overwhelm is getting the best of me. I need to dial in my coping skills. So you've got to understand, right? The overwhelm happens for all of us and it is not a sign of failure. It's a sign of being human. It's a sign of um, engaging in activities that you care about and relationships that you care about. And so some great Coping skills include paced breathing, meditation, balanced movement, sleep. Sleep is like the big one, social connection, affection, and emotional support. And then I want you to head to my show notes because I have a really good resource for you that helps you to challenge your storytelling, right? It helps you to debunk some stress myths that so many of us fall prey to. And I've got some really great coping skills options for you to specifically challenge those stress myths. And they can be really helpful as we think about this third tip. And so as a reminder, right, I have three tips to help you tackle overwhelm. One, talk back to your stories. Two, focus on daily practices, not global judgments. And three, engage stress coping skills. And then of course, head on over to my website so you can get your hands on this great free resource on debunking uh, stress myths uh, because they, they'll take you down if you're not careful. And so you can find that by heading to my website. Um, the show notes and the links are all there at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 135 dash defining success. So one more time, that's www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 135 as an episode 135 dash defining success d-e-f-i-n-i-n-g-s-u-c-c-e 
S-S. So I hope you'll connect with me on Instagram. I've got lots more uh, resources there to help you to manage overwhelm and to move through that stress cycle. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Melissa Smith, and I'd love to connect with you there. I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Remember, love and work, work and love. That's all there is. Until next time, take good care. Good care.